Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Real people doing real deals in real estate and no fake gurus allowed. We bring you the best and the most real real estate investors in the space. They'll be showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly of real estate investing. Like, share, subscribe, get notified. It's the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. And today we have the man behind the studio. How you doing, Ricardo? Mr. Sheik. What's up? Mendiola. Now, the question is, is his name Carlos? Jose Juan? <laughs> you guys can call me Sheik. Sheik, man. <laughs> Sheik is the, the man behind the videos. Behind those guys, HBHS, Home Buying, Home Selling Association, my friends Michael and Charles, and also behind Mr. Clutch. Yes. My boy J.R. Hernandez, who um, just launched his podcast called Clutch, Clutch Entrepreneurs. So you guys might want to go check it out. But anyhow, guys, we've been actually um, working all weekend to get the studio up and running. And... The truth is, man, I called Sheik, uh, I think it was on Friday or yep. Thursday, and I said, hey, man, uh, need a little bit of help <laughs> because I have a lot of equipment that's not functioning properly. I got, I'm missing, um, like, I got a Blackmagic camera, I have a Canon camera, then I have a brand new computer that I bought, um, got these microphones, had a Rodecaster, had all kinds of stuff, man, and... Um, Unfortunately, the guy that was touching all this stuff before Sheik didn't make it work. He 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 didn't uh, put it together. Uh, he had his reasons, you know. He rather use other equipment than this equipment. But I must admit, Sheik, you are a bad motherfucker because you came <laughs> in and 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 made it work, man. But anyhow, thank you so much for uh, taking uh, the invitation to to be interviewed by me. Thank you for the kind words, Ricardo. Appreciate Absolutely, it. man. I appreciate it. Uh, so who is Sheik, man? Where do, where do you come from? Man, well, I live in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Uh, I'm over there with Mike and Charles. Uncle Charles and Mike, shout out to you guys, man. Amazing people. Uh, I work for them most of the time. Uh, I get to see the ins and outs of what they do, and it's really exciting to be able to document the journey there. Man, that is a really hard question to answer right now. Who is me? I never really... Funny to say, I never really thought that deep, but uh, so let's go back. I'll, I'll help you uncover and peel the, yeah, the, the help onion. Me, help me peel the onion. I, I help you peel the onion. So, so where were you born? I was born in Alexandria, Virginia. Really, right outside of Washington D.C. Oh yes. wow, okay. So, um, what? Well, how come you were born there? Like, how did that happen? Um. Well, when two people get together. <laughs> right. Yeah, so no. they, were, was your mother living there at the time? So or? my dad was, uh, I think he was a hotshot over there at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in D.C. Right. So he had a really good job over there. My mom lived in San Antonio, and I guess they moved over there together. And, uh, yeah, I was born over there. Uh, so moved, what, how old were you when you got to San Antonio? I was about four years old when I moved to San Antonio. My dad stayed over there for work, and uh, so I moved here with my mom, and I lived with my mom. Just me, my little brother, and my mom. Uh, 
over there in the Leon Valley area. Okay. For a while. And then, uh, yeah, my dad moved back. And we all moved in together, and the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So you've been in San Antonio since you're four. Yes. And um, you went to high school and all that over there, right? Yes, Thomas Jefferson High School. And Ooh, how, Mustangs. How did you do while you were in high school? Were you Man. a good student or what? I was a good student until my senior year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I decided to be the cool guy Yeah, <laughs> you senior year. You found alcohol in women? Yeah. Is that, is that what it was? That was that, that's what it was. And music, too. So uh, I was really involved in the heavy metal scene oh, in yeah? San Antonio. Yeah, as a teenager and uh, in my early 20s. I actually toured around the country uh, playing heavy metal music. So I was a touring musician before I got into content creation. Really? Touring musician and music producer, yes. Oh, wow. So I didn't know that about you. So... Uh, what was the name of the band? Uh, the band was called Buried Under Texas. They're now Cold Casket. Um, they're still really great, man. They they rock out. Oh, they're still playing. Oh yeah, they're rocking out, man. And what were you playing? What didn't you? I would play guitar. I was playing guitar. I didn't know you were a guitar player either. Yes, oh, for wow. a very long time I was a guitar player. Okay, and um, I toured with some other bands as well. Mother Sound from LA. Shout out Mother Sound. I love you guys. I toured with them for a little while. What was the biggest band you guys opened for? Ooh, we played with a lot of professional bands. Like, uh, name, we played Mayhem. We played Mayhem Fest. Well, in the heavy metal industry, there's a lot of big festivals. Where there's a lot of bands playing on multiple right. stages. So we played Mayhem Fest with Slipknot, Corn, uh, Trivium. You got to meet all those guys? No, I didn't get to meet a lot of them. A lot okay. of them like hang out on their buses and just chill, you know, because right. it's hard for them to walk around without being bothered. But um, yeah, we got to play on the same stages as those guys. Uh, Pond of Burning Body from San Antonio. Shout out to you guys. Those are my homies. All right. They're a great band. Um, yeah, but we got to open for some major, major acts. It was a lot of fun. It was a great time in my life, for sure. Oh, wow. And how old were you when that happened? Um, So I played my first national show when I was 17. Yeah, I think it was 17. I played my first national act. That was a Pond of Burning Body. I played with them in Corpus. That was with another band. And then I... Was playing with national bands until I was about 24 years old. Oh, wow. So from 17, so that was seven years you were you were in the heavy metal scene. Rocking much. out. Yes, sir. Okay, that's pretty cool, man. I, I like I like heavy metal uh, myself. I'm, I'm more of a Iron Maiden, Guns N' Roses. Metallica, oh, that's great music. That's great music. Metallica. I'm, I'm, those are my three favorite bands. Um, and every now and then I listen to Coldplay as, as well, right? Yeah, Coldplay, Coldplay is, is I wouldn't call that metal. But music, that is not metal. That is just jam, heavy uh, pop, I would say. Um, they're great musicians, though. You know, now that I'm older, I don't find myself listening to a lot of heavy metal music anymore, especially um, that I'm heavily involved with the content creation and stuff like that. I find myself listening to all kinds of music all the time, dance, hip-hop, uh yeah, even oldies too. I'll put on oldies every now and then. Yeah, I'm. I'm I listen to a lot of reggaeton now. Oh yeah. Um, but dude, if you met me when I was like <laughs> 14, 15, I had long hair, earrings. What? Fuck it. I dressed no black. Way. I dressed black and shit. Wow. You know? I it was all. Thought. It was all heavy metal, dude. That that's it. Like I was listening to all the stuff from late '80s, early '90s, right? Uh, then I got into the whole grunge, you know, Pearl Jam and and. Oh yeah, and, that's great. And Nirvana too. and all of that stuff. Absolutely. But um but yeah, that's that's cool. I didn't know that that about you. So so at 24, why why did you quit the heavy metal scene? You know, I had some I had some really deep-rooted personal issues. Okay. And um I got into a lot of a lot of problems 
And uh, I was just going down a bad path. My, you know, opening up for all these major acts, you know, your ego can get really out of control. Yeah. You know, I was out of control. It was all in my head, you know. It's hard to explain unless you're there. Is it really like drugs, women, and rock and roll and, and, um, and all of that? or If you make it that way. And I definitely made it that way. And it became a problem. So it was fun oh, for yeah. a while. For a while. But <laughs> Until after, it becomes a problem. After a while, it's not fun anymore. Yeah. You know, and that, I hit to the point where it was not fun anymore. Oh, wow. And um, um, I definitely didn't make the change. People made changes for me. And um, it was very necessary. Okay. Yeah. And how, how did those changes come about? Like Just, uh, you know, I eventually the band moved on without me and they changed, they rebranded. Um, they said, Sheik, you're fired. Yes. Something like that. You got fired. I got the, fired. From the band. I got fired from the band. Hey, I got fired too before, man. It's all so right. We I all get those, fired from time I mean, to time. I love you know? those guys. I still do. I needed to get fired. You know what? And probably for you, it was actually a, a much better deal that you got fired because it was a blessing in these guys. At the time, I didn't think so. But now. Yeah, you were mad. I was. I was uh, more upset, disappointed. I felt a little betrayed, but I, at the same time, I understood the reasons why, for sure. It wasn't, it was very clear why, you know. I wasn't getting along with my bandmates at all. Yeah, you were just out of control. I was out of control. My ego was out of control. Yeah, you, you felt like, like Axl Roses, I guess. <laughs> Maybe, not <that> big. <laughs> Maybe not that big of an ego, but to the point where, you know, I started to Definitely, you know, neglect the way I was treating people and the people closest to me. Right. And, and, the, and my bandmates, you know, there's lack of respect. You still sure. talk to those guys? Uh, I talk to a few of them. A few of them. I'll see them every once in a while, you know. But, um, man, I'm way too busy now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. You changed your whole circle of friends, right? Yes. yes. And now you moved on to something completely, completely different. Yes. And um, Well, I can't say completely different. Believe it or not, a lot of what I do now is rooted in music creation. It is. It is. And I, and I see it on your videos. Like, every time you pop a video, it's got music, it's got, you know, shots, it's got certain scenes that you pick from people when they're either talking or dancing or ha having a good time mm -hmm. or taking a picture together. Um, but it is different in a way because... I believe this is a much cleaner environment, number one. Yes, Even absolutely. though we still party and all that and we drink. We and, have a great time. And we have a great time. But it's not rooted in, you know, malicious thinking, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we're not trying to harm anybody. Exactly. We're actually trying to help people out. Exactly. You know, get better. So. This, that's all it is. There's nothing wrong with having a fun time, guys. There's nothing wrong. As long as you're not using it to, uh, to cover up emotions and hurt and things like that. Yeah, because that's what happens when you fall down that path. You start involving drugs, you involve alcohol, mm -hmm. then you're on the road, and then... And that's where it really started, was going on the road, for sure. On the road is out yeah. of control, because you, you, you're like on a vacation, yeah. on a false vacation. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden it gets real tough. You know, it's, it's a tough life. I see why a lot of bands don't stay together, a lot of groups, you know. It's tough. It's How tough. do you think those guys from like Aerosmith were able to? I don't know to that's glue a, it together. That's a damn miracle, man! How they're still together because I know they've had their differences, but you know, and they all were drug addicts at some point. Oh yeah, out of, out of control. Yeah, and so that that's even Guns N' Roses. They're back together now, after, but they were apart for like twenty years. I know. You know, that's crazy. So 
Yeah, and then when they fell apart, a lot of that had to, you know, had to do with it. Like, and there's nothing like that OG lineup, man. Nothing like Slash and Axl Rose together, man. It's awesome, dude. It's I love magical. those guys. I've seen them. I've seen them at least four times since really? they got back together. Yeah, I went to Coachella. Okay, I saw them there. Axel was singing from a chair because he had a broken leg. So he couldn't run around. He was just sitting there, but he was freaking giving it all out. He was out. rocking out? Oh, yeah. that's good. And then, good um, then after Coachella, I saw them in at the NRG Park here in Houston. They filled that thing up. I mean, that was 80,000 people or so. Oh, wow. Um, and after that, I saw them at the Toyota Center here in Houston as well. They came back around like a year later. That's only that's the three times I've seen him. I thought it was, I'd seen him another time, but the reality is, I had I was going to buy tickets to see them in the Cowboys Stadium um, when COVID hit. Oh no! So they canceled the show. I got that was canceled. Oh, so, but and I, luckily I didn't buy the tickets because they were not cheap. Um, oh, I'm and sure I want to. I don't want. I want to see them. You know, from yeah. yeah. No nosebleeds around here. <laughs> exactly. So so. Uh, but I'm a big fan of Guns N' Roses. I'm a big fan of Metallica and Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden, I've probably seen four or five times as well. That's awesome. Uh, Guns N' Roses all together, I've probably seen them eight or nine. Okay. I've seen the different lineups, but the first time I saw them was in '92 in Venezuela. I was only 14 years old or so. Wow. And that was the original lineup, with the exception of the drummer. It was Matt Sorum, not Steven Adler. Okay. Uh, but Matt, Sor- Matt Sorum is the GOAT, dude. Man, that is the play. That dude is the GOAT. play, man. But anyhow, let's talk about you. So Yes, sir. So, okay, you quit heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And then I, I transitioned into, I guess I tried to kind of like do hip-hop. I think everybody at that time... Was doing a hip hop wave, and and I got that's some- crazy. So people from hip hop try to go to heavy metal, and then heavy people from heavy metal try to go to hip hop for I some think reason. Hip hop is just going back to like a pop punk, like heavy metal kind of sound now. You know, before it was real trapped out, heavy eight oh eights, basses, and you know, heavy hi hats and snares. At that time, like 2015, 2016, 2014, 15, and sixteen, it is it was a different style. Hip hop changes so fast, you know. Yeah. So. I was trying to do something like that. I got a little bit of traction, actually. I played a few shows and, you know, actually was doing pretty well. But Were you rapping or, or, no, or were you just putting singing. the beats or what? I was singing. So I, I can't say it was like rapping. You know, it's like singing, but to hip-hop beats. Right. Okay. And then, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I guess during that time I was really going through a transition Trying to, trying to find out what you wanted to do. Yeah, trying to find out who I was and what I wanted to do. I feel like I'm still figuring out who I am each day, but I think we all are. <laughs> you know, it changes, man. So, so when I was 21, mm-hmm. I had no clue what I wanted to do. No clue. I was completely lost, and that's how I ended up joining the Navy because I needed insurance and a paycheck. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna join the military. I'm going to get structure, number one. Number two, I'm going to get a paycheck. Number three, I'm going to get insurance for my daughter. That's what all I care for. And then once I was in the Navy, two years in the Navy, I found out I didn't want to be in the Navy anymore. So I did. I had to wait two more years until I did my time. But then I went into the oil and gas business mm. as a technician. So I was putting valves together and all that. And I went all the way from that to 
I was running a business, $120 million a year. I was we the, all know the story. I was the freaking brother line guy, <laughs> big shot and all that. And then I got laid off and I I complete, I started doing real estate all, uh, full time. Mm -hmm. But I changed what I wanted to do three or four times. You see, so it happens to all of us. Like you get to a certain point and you're like, man, I don't, I don't actually don't want to be doing this anymore. I want to do something else. And then you sh shift lanes. And so I guess for you, you went from heavy metal mm -hmm. into hip hop mm -hmm. and then you went into. So I, I went into hip hop, like, I guess, you know, trying to create music and paint myself as an artist per se. Then I started producing. And then when I started producing, well, when I started being an artist, I was making my own beats and stuff. Then I started using other people's beats then I started making beats for other people, and excuse me, I got a little bit of traction there. Started working with some bigger artists, you know. Um, Manny Fresh here in Houston, you're familiar yep. with him, yeah. I linked Manny up. Fresh is in Louisiana. He's in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. I know he lives here in Houston. Oh, he lives here because I went to his house and partied here. I didn't know he lived here. Yeah, he he does. He's got a house here at least. Yeah, yeah. So, he, he's from uh, the 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 uh, the oh man, what is the name of that group? Uh, you know, back that ass up. Uh, yeah. I forgot. Juvenile. Yeah, that's his jam. Yeah, Juvenile. So I was linking up with his assistant. Um, man, what was his name? He's real popular here, always on the radio. Uh, Steve Ovaldez. Okay. Yeah, so I started working with him, a couple different artists, and then, I don't know, it, it just, I wasn't fulfilled, for sure. And then I ran into Mike and Charles. How do you run into Mike and Charles? You know, I met Miguel Diaz. Shout out Miguel Diaz. That guy changed my life. Maverick. Maverick. That Shout is, out to Maverick, that man. That is a good dude. Much man, love, love to you, bro. Maverick. Like, that guy changed my entire life. Wow. I met him at Aria. How do you end up at Aria? Yeah, I guess I want, wanted to get involved in real estate, you know. I had started following and, you know, some people that, I, you know, when you first start out, you don't really know who's real and who's fake, you know. Yeah. So I, I started following in someone's footsteps, and we'll never say any names here, you know, and they were kind of leading me down the wrong path. I ended up at Aria one time, following this person, and then uh, ran into Miguel Diaz at Aria, and for some reason we just had this uh, click. We just clicked, man. Like we're both from the from the gutter, you know, and we just clicked. And man, ever since then I stayed in contact with him, and he's always like, "Man, when are you gonna quit? And you, when are you gonna go all into real estate, man?" And he bothered me for a couple years, like really, yeah, really, like. What were you doing during those two years? I was working at a restaurant, producing, doing a little of this, doing, doing a lot of a lot of everything. Just trying to pay just bills. Just trying to figure out who I was, trying to pay bills, trying to get by, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd, not going nowhere, you know, and you know, putting my skills in the trash bin, not using them you well. Know, well, you yeah. know. And Miguel just kept bugging me, man. Get into real estate, get into real estate. And I was like, All right, screw it. I'm quitting my job. I'm gonna go into real estate. And at the time he was with Mike and Charles. At the HHS office, at the old office. Yeah. So, man, you know, I uh, I got a referral from a family member for a deal, and I made one phone call, and I got a deal at Pop 40K. Ooh, wee. Real story on my first day at HHS. Wow. That, that's, that's life-changing money, man. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're broke. <laughs> bro, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine going from like negative, I don't know, God knows what in your bank account. Yeah. Freaking big chunk of change in there, man. Wow. So, you know, I partnered with Miguel on it and we made a lot of money together. 
and I partnered with Mike and Charles on it. We all made a lot of money off that deal. And, you know, I did a couple more deals with Mike and Charles. Man, shout out to Mike and Charles. Those guys changed my life. Too, I love man. those guys, man. Like, They're my friends. Michael and Charles out of San Antonio. I can't thank them enough for what HBHS, guys. I, we're actually yeah, both we're wearing actually the color right now. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, turn up the hustle. Every That's Mr. Uh, hustle there, uh, Michael Yanis. That, you know what? It's funny because with Michael, is the one I talk business all the time. Oh, every time yeah. we do deals together, oh, yeah. it's me and Michael. But Mike's, every time we, we shoot the shit, it's just me and Charles. Man, Mike's locked in. That boy is locked in. Yeah. I'll tell you what. That boy is about his paper. I, man, that's what I like about Mike is is he, he don't play no shit, man. Like, he's yeah. straight to the point, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think that's why they have such a good, like, working relationship because, you know, they're two different dynamics that work so well together. So when did those guys found find out that that – that you had those talents to put like video together and create content and and do what you do now. So it was a funny story. We were at uh, an event here in Houston, whole scaling. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. know who put that together. So yeah, I wonder. <laughs> 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 so we went to whole scaling and man, we went over there, clicked up. All of us pulled up, black and gold. You know, yeah. you know how we do. And then. Um, so uh, the leaders, I guess they went out to go, you know, have a few drinks and mingle with some of the other guys. And it was me, uh, Miguel, a couple others from the team, and Dutch Jackson. You familiar with yeah, him? Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, we were all. Uh, I invited him to the mastermind. Yeah. But he was he was unresponsive. I think he was sick for a while. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, and, God, um, I hope he's all right. I haven't yeah. talked to him in a while. Yeah. But that guy's the boy, too. And so we were, I brought my laptop and my speakers and, you know, some audio equipment and I was like, man, let's cook something up, man. Oh, and I was with my boy, Iran. Uh, he was with HBHS for a while, but he had to move back to his hometown. Where but is he out of? He's out. You know, I don't know exactly. I know it's in between Corpus and San Antonio, but he, he's back down there doing his thing. Alice, Texas. Yes, yeah, Alice. That was from That's where he's from. Yeah, I knew exactly. Yeah. You said Corpus and San Antonio. Yeah. I picked up Alice right away. Dude. It was on the tip of my tongue. I'll tell you what, man. I went to Sinton County Jail one time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting there, right? And uh, <laughs> this little dude comes in. He's trying to bully me. Oh, yeah? He's trying to be a big shot? He's like, you know, you know, you don't know who the fuck you're fucking with and this and that. And I'm looking at him. I'm not fucking with anybody. I'm just sitting <laughs> I'm right chilling. here, dude. I'm from Alice, Texas. Ah. And I looked at him, I looked at him and I said, I'm from Maracaibo, Venezuela. And he looked at me like, what the hell is that? And that's as far as he went. He got lost. He's like, he got lost. He He's got like, lost in the sun. But that, you know, I know Alice very well because I used to go, uh, every time I will commute in between Corpus and San Antonio, the exit for Alice was there. And there was a lot of oil field activity there in Alice as well. So, yeah. Shout out to Alice, Texas, if oh, you're yeah. watching us here. So, um, yeah, he went back there and did his thing, but he's a very talented musician and producer okay. as well. So we were all in our Airbnb, and, man, we started just cooking up beats, writing songs or whatever, and then we ended up coming up with, like, a theme little song for HVHS. Oh, yeah. And um, when the guys got back, we showed it back to them, and they were just so stoked, like, that we had made that song about really? HVHS and how we cooked it up from the bottom up. I guess they didn't realize that we, we that they had they had all that talent in there. Yeah, they I, they had no clue, I guess. And you know, shout out to Frank Tovar. He put a camera in my hand, and the rest is history. All right, so, good deal, yeah. Frank. So, so that's how they found out. When did you start actually? Because I know you transitioned from wholesaling 
yes. into a full-time producer yes. for HBHS now. Yes. When did that happen? Um, so, number one, guys, this is crazy. He came to do real estate with HBHS. Yes. And you did a few deals. I did a few and deals. And you actually did well. I made some money. But then you're like, yeah, I don't know about this. I like this producing better. You know, you know, you you like like taking the videos and you're following around and you're more of a videographer slash producer. Yes. Content producer, right? Yeah. So um Mike and Charles had a very talented videographer that started their vlogs when they were doing the vlogs. Okay. Um his name was John Mark Lucid. Shout out John Mark. Man, he's an awesome videographer. And I really looked up to him and looked up to his, you know, the way he made his videos and then um, he wanted to do more music videos and things like that. So that's what he started. He doing. wanted to follow his passion. Exactly. So he wanted to follow his passion and do less like real estate stuff. So, um, like, and Charles came up to me like, Hey, you know, you want to start doing the vlogs? We know you've done video and production. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll do it. I don't really have the equipment. And that's when Frank had a camera and it, it was like a Nikon DSLR, you know, $300 yeah, it wasn't like the best camera in the world, but it was a camera. And, you know, we had one kit lens and I was like, all right, like I'm going to do everything in my power to make the best effing videos with this camera. Okay. And so I learned all about it. Every aspect of that camera. Self-taught. Setting, self-taught. Settings, uh, lighting, everything. So I made a bunch of, I did as best as I could with that camera then um, I saved up my money that, you know, from doing videos with Mike and Charles and some other things, and I bought a Sony camera. And I don't, I don't use a lot of equipment, guys. Let's, let's make that clear. I don't use real fancy gear. I don't use real expensive lenses. You know, I, I use, you know, I use decent stuff that works, but, you know, I'm not out here repping black magics and stuff. You know, I'm using, like, consumer stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm the guy that uses He's the black, black magics and, and audio technicas and things like that, right? So I, I want to make it clear right off the bat. Like, you can have all the fancy gear in the world and, and make really bad videos. He made a proof of that because the guy that was before him couldn't figure the shit out. So he figured it out. And now we're producing. We're live here. We got a whole console on the side set up. Black Magic is pumping video out. Yeah, we're using the Black Magic right now. So yeah, and it's hard to work without a kind of equipment. Though, let's be honest. So Black Magic is not for everybody. I just happened to own it because a friend of mine bought it and he didn't know what to do with it. And yeah. I said, you know what? I was the one that recommended it to you. I'll buy it from you. And that's exactly how I ended up with that Black Magic. That's a nice camera. It is a nice <laughs> camera. Um, and so, then I went to Bradley's studio and I saw he was using that lens. Yeah, the and I took a picture and I said, I'm gonna get me the same lens Mr. Brad Lee has. It's an Olympus Zoom. Yep. So not cheap. So anyhow, okay. You start doing content for HBHS. Yes. Um and when is it that you start working full time as a as a content producer slash manager? Um, it was actually just like a couple of months ago. So I was always working, doing things for Mike and Charles, even during the pandemic. Like, you know, I was always doing things, but I looked to Mike and I was like, hey, man, like, I want to hang out here more with you guys. Like, I want to be around you guys more, man. And he asked me, you know, what is it going to take to keep you here? And I told him and we made an agreement. And then out of nowhere, I guess the content just started to, to hit. And, and we're talking just like social media content, you know, yeah. not long form vlogs. Uh, me and JR started the Clutch Entrepreneurs channel. Shout out JR. That's another freaking good dude right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
these guys, I mean, these guys changed my life, man. You know, so I, you know, mad love to all of them. Uh, so we started the Clutch Entrepreneurs uh, vlogs. We started with the first vlog, and we just clicked. Me and Jr. just clicked, and my style meshed with what he wanted, and so we built this channel together. And man, it got some traction really fast. And um, yeah, so I started working with HVHS during the week. Jr. on the weekends, we made a bunch of vlogs, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you know, everybody's blowing up my phone to go record them, man, and it's it's wild. That's awesome, man, because that's really, that's really a, you see, real estate has many, many different areas, right? But, yes. But one area right now that is completely underserved is the video production area for real estate investors. You see, mm -hmm. I had a videographer for a couple of years. His name is Neil. Shout out to Neil. Uh, he was the one running the podcast. He was the one running um, the everything. Like, he figured out everything we did back in the days. But I saw him more as an operator than as a content producer. Like, even though he will edit and match all these things, he was a master when it came to all of that. But creating the content itself was not necessarily his thing. So we had to rely on someone else to 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 kind of, like, create the graphics and, and and you know, so it's... Was it more, was can you go into a little bit more detail about, about that? Like, was it like the graphics and uh, like no, no, no. fancy so, things? Or was it like there was no story being told? There's no story being told. So uh, he's good at let's catch everything. Uh -huh. Let's put it together. Edit it. High quality edition. It like, looks nice. Oh, it looks good. And, he, he, and you can hear it well. Like, every time he uploaded something on, on iTunes or it was freaking perfect. Like, he is the man to put stuff together. Like... Like, you know, make sure it matches. But when it comes to creating the thumbnails, when it comes to creating the the mm -hmm. reels or, or or the animation behind a video, you know, like intros and outros, mm -hmm. that's where we relied on someone else. Mm -hmm. um, so, I see. So the, cre the creative aspect. The creative okay, aspect. I get what you're saying now. Yeah, yeah. So he's an operator to me, not a creator. Um, in my opinion, I might be wrong, but um, but he created some cool stuff for us. That's awesome. And 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 he he's the one that helped us get to where we are today pretty much. Then he took up on a, on a, on a whole different path I, during COVID. We were like no office anymore. Oh, none of us knew what was going to happen. Exactly. You know? So so he went and took a whole different route and and uh shout out to Neil Neil Martinez. I hope uh you stop by the office one day. But anyhow, then I f I had a gap and I w I could I kept on buying equipment cuz I I'm like, okay, if Neil is not here now, I got to go figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. and um, hire somebody momentarily, but that didn't work out either. And then finally I was like, man, I got all this equipment sitting here. I need to do something. So I started creating podcasts on my on my Zoom on the computer. I just didn't like the the, 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 the quality of it, you know. Yeah. The video quality I didn't like. The sound quality I hated because you upload that stuff on oh iTunes. <laughs> and it's horrible. Yeah. And, and, and I'm one of those guys that when I'm listening to a podcast – on my car, it better sound crystal clear. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't do it, like, if it doesn't sound like that, I, I want to get off of it. And and I know that's how I sound on Zoom. So um, today, ladies and gents, Chic has been able to solve that problem. All right. He put it all together. We are on the new studio. This is the first broadcast that we do from this particular studio. And we still got a couple of things that we got to work out here and there. Eventually, you'll see two different uh, cameras also pointing to different people. But this this is why I wanted to interview Sheik, because 
He's the one that helped me put it together. This weekend, he's been here in Houston for two days. Mm-hmm. He's been figuring out where cables were, where's the memory, what do we need to download, you oh, know. Yeah. We took a lot of trips to the storage. Yeah, yeah, we went a lot of trips to the storage. We got a lot of stuff in the storage for, for all of our event um, production, basically. And You went all out, man. You got everything. We, everything. I just like, and wait until I get my LED screens, man. Yeah. That That's the next step is... So lit. Buy some LED screens, not only for the podcast, but for for the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Event and Mastermind, which will be in October 22nd and 23rd in Miami, Florida. Don't miss out. You definitely don't want to miss that one out. Even if you're coming VIP, we got a we got a yacht party. <laughs> yacht party. Like what? like big pimping spending G's. There you, you go. Know? Like something like that. There you go. But you'll see Chico over there because he'll definitely make it. Uh he's gonna be recording the whole event that weekend um for from a content uh, creation perspective. Mm-hmm. But so, I can definitely say that's where I'm the best at, like yeah. content creation. Like of course anybody can, you know, set up a camera and record. Yeah. But when it comes to making my boys look like rock stars, that's what I try to do. He sure does, man. And and uh, that's one thing I like about you, Sheik. You, uh, we just went to uh, All In, uh, All In Freedom, a couple of, uh, like last weekend. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Had we a had a great time. time. Um, JR was there. Yep, I was there with JR. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Donovan Ruffin was there. Yeah, Donnie was there. Uh, who else was there that, that was at the RE3 Master? Pat was there. Pat Hilton was yeah, there. Was Shout a, out to Pat Hilton. That's my dog. Pat Hilton. You guys got to find and follow Mr. Pat Hilton. That guy man. can fire up a crowd. He can fire up a crowd. Man. He can he can do a lot of things, man. But I really want people to get to know Pat as Pat the marketer. Yeah? Because he's a badass marketer, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Have you seen his Instagram? Yeah. It's pretty fucking funny, <laughs> dude. Like, yeah, I know. And I know he's doing a lot of work for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Pat, but Pat's if, the man. But if you haven't found out Pat, go follow Pat, Pat Hilton. Uh, I can't remember what your um, uh, Instagram handle is, Pat, so I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Who else do we have uh, do we have there? The, oh, Alex Sines, man. Alex Sines with Alex the all-in all in, uh, team, basically. He's one of the all-in members alongside with Mr. Carlos Reyes and Sal Shakir. Mm-hmm. They had an awesome event. Um, it was... Two days, a lot of information. Man, that event was more like, they told me, Ricardo, that's going to be like a newbie event. I didn't see it like that. I didn't, I saw a lot of people we knew. I saw it more like a mastermind slash type event. You know, I'm going to be honest, I didn't have enough time to kind of spend to sit and listen to, you know, all the speakers there because I was so busy recording everyone, but um. You know, I could tell there was a lot of value dropped just because at the end when um, Carlos Carlos got on stage and uh, I guess he was talking to one of the a gentlemen who had attended who said he didn't learn a lot like the first day. And by the second day, he said that he had learned a lot. I guess it was like an example. So I could tell that a lot of people who went there, even if they had no knowledge, definitely left with a lot of value for sure. Yeah, they did. I did. Yeah. Um, I I, uh, I consider myself a advanced slash expert, I guess, in the subjects that they were talking about this mm-hmm. weekend. And I'll tell you what, man, the networking that they had there was awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I met so many awesome Bunch of rock stars, dude, oh, like dude. from all over the country. Yeah, oh. it, it's, it's crazy how we're all connected in this wholesaling space. Even they, though 
they I'm packed not. up 700 people, dude. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was about that much for sure. Like 700 people. So that's very admirable, you know. Uh, and then um, they yeah, had all the, all the speakers were great. Yes. All the speakers were great. I mean, these guys were, you know, uh, Max Maxwell. He did a hell of a job. Yeah, I got to watch Max. That that was awesome. That was great. Then um, they had, so Donnie was there. I, I recorded Donnie's set. That was Don, Donovan Ruffin, that's that's my boy. That's you gotta boy. go check up the event. Oh, it's I think it's late. June eighth, right? I think it is. It is. He's having another one. I didn't even know. Yeah, June eighth. Yeah, yeah, June eighth. The event. You guys want to make sure that you get in there in Dallas, Texas, at the Virgin Hotel. Shout out to Mr. Donovan Ruffin. I have a lot of fun at his events too. His events are awesome. Yeah. I go there for the fun. Oh yeah, and just to meet everybody and see everybody. In and it's space. a beautiful location, man. Like the the venue they picked. Uh, you know, shout out to Mr. Ryan Harper too. He's a uh, oh yeah. You know, he's uh partners with Donnie on that event. I guess I don't know if that's correct or not, but I know they do it together. I know that he's there. Yeah, he's there, and he's a big part of it. So, Mr. Ryan Harper, um, he's well known in our space. Mm -hmm. um, he actually helped us in whole scaling life, put that uh, the vendors together and yeah, all I that. I remember he was there. So, who else did we have that all in event? Uh, chic that. Um, oh, we have my boy Jacob, Jacob Blank. Yes, yeah, that's my boy that Jacob. Was, he was he there. He saved my life that day, actually. Oh yeah. I had only brought two memory cards, thinking that's what all I needed, right? And man, I went to his office and he gave me a memory card and saved my life. I could record the rest of the night at the after party. Yeah. And I was walking around that party with a camera and a cigar in my mouth. Just that's <laughs> awesome, man. Getting it done, but yeah, Jacob. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you. Well, shout out to Mr. Alex Science, Carlos um, Reyes, and Sal Shakir. I almost mixed up. I almost called Carlos Science, <laughs> um, but no, it's Carlos Reyes. Uh, they did a hell of a job in the event. They had all kinds of great speakers. Uh, what's the name of the guy that um, uh, the social media guy? Oh, he he stroke a, he stroke gold on me, man. Um, Ryan Pineda, man, he did a hell of a job. Were you there when he spoke? No, no I wasn't you there. weren't there. You were texting me and said, Ricardo, let's go create some content. Oh, yeah. And I was like, no right he now. He said, no way. I can't do that right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm watching this guy drop major nuggets on social media. Man, I was so busy those couple of days. You know, I went there thinking I was only going to do one thing and ended up doing a million things. So, so, so that's what you do now, right? So. Mm -hmm. What do you think is in the future for Chic, man? What 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 does your future look like? Man, so much changes so fast. I I'm definitely gonna keep this up. Whatever I'm doing is definitely working. Yeah. So I'm definitely gonna keep this up. Definitely gonna continue to grow um in the content creation space, continue to meet new people in our space, you know. Yep. Definitely gonna do some things in Mike and Charles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Buy some deals. Definitely going to work with them on whatever I do real estate-wise. Those guys are definitely involved, 100%. But, um, you know, I'm working with, you know, a lot more people. I'm taking on more work, which is really nice, and still able to sustain, you know, doing things for Mike and Charles. And I don't know. I'm just going to gonna grow, you know. And I'm looking for uh, – I'm going to say this. I'm looking for an assistant who can help me with some of my editing. So if any of you guys are experienced in video editing, you don't have to be too advanced at it, uh, hit me up. You know, we might be a good fit for working together. But uh, I definitely want to do more. And hopefully if gathering the right team, I can expand a little more and, and do more in this space because I really enjoy 
all you guys, you are all great company. All, you know, Donnie, uh, uh, Tony Romero, shout out Tony. Tony, yeah. Tony. Um, Mike Charles, you, and, and anybody else in the real estate space, I really enjoy all you guys and all the knowledge that you've given me about real estate and about, you know, building a business and building a brand. And, you know, I can't wait to see where this goes. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, keep going down this path and, you know, make mistakes, keep making a lot of mistakes so I can learn. You, you fell know? forward. That's the key. Yeah. Failing forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I see big things in the horizon for you, Sheik, especially in this space, content creation, social media, you know, that kind of stuff. I think that's where your 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 niche is. And all you got to do is make a lot of money so, you, money so you can invest with Michael and Charles. And yeah, definitely going to invest with Michael know. and Charles. That's a no-brainer, no question. Definitely. Yeah. You're in good hands with those guys, you know. So Freaking, Those guys are like family to me, man. Yeah, and they... They are, too. Yeah, so, you know, just keep blowing up. And, and, and man, I appreciate you coming all the way to Houston. Uh, yeah, absolutely, help, man. Helping me set up this beautiful studio. And now you are the number one guest. I'm honored, man. Thank you so much. In this section of the podcast. All right. The Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast, guys. Make sure you hit share, like, and subscribe. Go to my YouTube channel, Ricardo Rosales. We need to blow this thing up to 10,000 subscribers. That is my goal for the end of this year. And I will see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much.